Hey everybody, welcome to the Weird On Purpose podcast. I'm your weird roommate, Erica. I'm your weird roommate, Noelle. And today we have the specialist of guests, dun, 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 my weird brother, Adam. Adam, say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> um, Adam, as most of you know, because I've talked about it literally since we started the show, uh, has been in the South on a mish for two years. Um, he came back oh, the week before Christmas, like a week to the day before Christmas, um, how's life treating you, Adam? How have you been adjusting to the to the regular people world? <clears throat> it's been really weird. It's been kind of cool because it wasn't super hard because we had Facebook on our mission, like, after I was out for, like, a year and four months or something yeah. like that. So coming back wasn't really weird because I kind of already knew what everyone was up to somewhat, but there's also been, like, weird memes that I had no idea about until I got back. I showed Adam, um, the day he got back, my Postmates bag because I deliver for Postmates and he's like... What? Like, he had no idea what that was. Mm-hmm. And, but, so that wasn't too bad, but then, like, adjusting to, like, paying for my own bills again and, like, you know, buying my own groceries, which I haven't done yet since I've been home besides one time, and just not doing the same thing every day. It's been weird. It's been hard. Not gonna lie. Not but, having, like, a schedule. <clears throat> not having, like, yeah, a... Yeah, like that's a, been What's awful. the word? Like a, been... like a routine? Yeah, yeah. So I need to get back into a routine, but, like, a home tailored one yeah but it's been nice because i've been offered some work obviously i just got back from work i'm still messy he's covered in like construction equipment yeah paint and stuff i've been cleaning all day got just got tractors stuck to him (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i'm just yeah my brother's just covered in like a john deere like he just got all that on him i should stop eating these but they're so good but uh yeah so it's been really weird and i also was told that fafsa Says I'm not eligible for financial aid, but that's not going to get me down because I'm still going to school either way. Kaka. Well, not like now. I, I'm supposed to start Monday. Well, I was supposed to start Monday if everything worked out a long time ago, but... But it did not. I probably won't start. I'm probably going to go to Utah still and take some summer classes. Yeah. Start out something and then get... Next year, it'll actually be better. I'll be more geared up for a full schedule of classes instead of two or three. Yeah. Because this year, I was only going to be able to take two or three if I went. But I'm trying not to let it get me down. There's too many good things going on for me to be un- unhappy. Gotta be a positive boy. I'm a boy. Gotta do it. I mean, you'll get there. Yeah. It takes yeah. time. I'm excited. School is hard. Life is hard. Eventually. I'm trying to find a girlfriend, too. And the one lead I had is gone. Just gotta find one. Gotta find one, yeah. That's... Girlfriends and how to get them all. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta, get a, gotta get all those girls. Edit this part out. That's mean. Because <laughs> I just realized. Uh, we're not going to now. No. That's okay. I made a funny Pokemon joke, so it's going to stay. <clears throat> so I have this weird thing going on with my tongue right now. Where, like, one section of my tongue, everything that I drink just tastes different on that side. And, it like, I think I might have burnt it, like. Probably. So, will you look at it really quick? It's like I don't want to look at your tongue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like I... it's burned. Okay, I was like, it's out of my mouth and you've got eyes, so. So when I was driving home today, I was eating chicken nuggets that I bought from the gas station because I don't care about my body. Um, I was just like, I was just thinking, I was like, what would happen if I just started choking on this chicken nugget right now while driving? And then the thought hit me. I was like, you know, I got to let some people know if you ever see me choking on a chicken nugget, don't help me. Just, just, just accept like, please respect my wishes and understand that that's how I'm, that's natural how I want to go. It's natural selection. It's natural yeah. selection. No, like they were like, they were pretty good. I also, uh, this isn't something I'm proud of, but I'm going to tell you guys about it anyway. And I told you guys already, but audience, uh, I ate a, a gas station hot dog 
that oh off the floor of a gas off station. Off the floor of a gas station. It was a Maverick, so like if it had been like another gas station, we won't name names negatively, but if it had been a a certain certain dinosaur mascoted <laughs> gas station, Gee, I, uh, I absolutely is. would not have eaten it off the floor of that gas station. Yeah, you know, Mavericks are clean. You know, Dinoco like, isn't real, right? Dinoco blue. I'm, yeah. I'm aware. I've seen the I Earth, know, but like. But Sinclair is um, real. Erica! <laughs> I was making a... Ow! Ow! Oh, oh, yeah, she bites. What the heck? I was playing with her whiskers. Yeah, that's why. And I Dang, got her all Sally, riled up. Sorry, Sally is rude and just bit Adam. She's different. Romeo today just waddled out of the house like a dumb idiot because he's stupid and dumb and getting blind. No. I opened the door and he just waltzes out and he's never done that before. He does not like to go outside and I was screaming at him. I woke up to her screaming, Romeo! Like, get, get back in there! Get back in! Get back inside! Um, and I think the problem is that he... <laughs> I feel so bad. I think that he wanted... Because he wanted to go into the, to the room, into my room. And he just saw me open a door and saw me going somewhere. And he's like, oh, she's going to her room because he's dumb and blind yeah. and old. And then he like went through the stairs and then he's like... Wait. And just stood there like a dumbass. Then I yelled at him and he's like, oh. And went back inside and yeah. I'm like... <sighs> I think most of them would balk at the stairs and just be like, mm-mm. Yeah, no, they don't want to do that. Um, so Adam, tell us about some, some, some South. Roll Tide. That's all Roll I know. T- <laughs> Roll Tide. That's all I know. Um, so I'm really bad at just telling stories. Give me some prompt questions and I can tell you more. <laughs> Um, I know that's probably hard for you guys. No, you're fine. Tell us like, what were some like, what what were some humbling experiences in the South? Because you said that that was a big thing for you. Was that like, I need just like in general like what you did. Because I did. I have no. I have like. Eric has no earthly understanding. Absolutely no idea what missions include. So I would like to learn something. Okay. Can I just like explain that real quick? Then is that yeah? All right. So, um. Obviously, two-year mission, I think, if anyone's listening, they probably figure out which church. It's for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I went to the Alabama-Birmingham mission. They don't call themselves Mormons anymore, Yeah, I've learned. Yep. Um, so, I was called to serve in the Alabama-Birmingham mission. So, that covers... What happens is... What we believe is that we send in the paperwork. It's the only thing in the church you apply for. Everything else is... You, you get called to do it. Um, and it's voluntary. We pay our own way to go, so we don't get paid to do it. It wasn't like I haven't had a job or anything, mm-hmm. and I don't go to school or work during that time. But we apply for it, and then it gets sent to the mission. Uh, we call it mission headquarters. I mean, that sounds really weird, but and then um, we believe that the brethren pray about where to send everyone, and individually they pick where each person goes. They don't just go through it and randomize it. It's individual based on what they are impressed to do. Then they send it back to you a few weeks later after you've applied if you're eligible to go and everything. Then you get a call and you leave at a certain date to be trained at the MTC in Provo or one of the other 14 MTCs. And then you are there for three weeks to like three months, depending. How long do you train in the MTC for again? It's like... So typically for English speaking missionaries, it's three weeks. Yeah. Um, I was there for four weeks. And then... But you um, were there for four weeks because you got there right around Christmas, right? Yeah. Like it yeah, was so like they, a weird and they, thing. The church doesn't do flights at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, they do it right after, right before. So, but then if you're speaking like, like Cambodia, I think they stay there for 12 weeks. And then I think Spanish missionaries typically are there for six weeks. Uh-huh. I think six weeks they're there, so they're there a little longer. Um, it just depends on what language and depends on where you're at, everything. And that's just like, for the language missionaries, honestly, most of their stuff is learning the language. They don't really mm-hmm. learn a lot of how to teach or anything. But they teach you and 
I loved the MTC kind of, but I didn't use like hardly anything there because I forgot everything I learned because I was so out of it. Yeah. But basically, you get into the field. That's what we call it, the field. And then you just start missionary work and you get a trainer. You get your first companion. My first companion was a Jamaican guy named Elder Lewis. Jamaican, not Jamaican. We call him Jamaican Lewis, but I yeah. say Chris Andrew Lewis, his full name. Um, but basically, what we did every single day, I think a lot of people think all we do is knock on doors, and that's a big part of it, but that mm-hmm. wasn't like everything. Um, so you have a schedule you live by, like it's pretty specific, strict schedule. So you get up at 6.30 every morning, you exercise for about half an hour, then you take whatever time you need to get ready to eat breakfast, do all that. Then by 8.30, you're in your desk studying or you plan, whichever one you want to do first. So planning takes half an hour. So you go from 8.30 to 9, planning your day out. And then from 9 to 10, you'd study uh, the scriptures. You study different stuff. You're going to teach different people. And then at 10 o'clock, you're at the door and you start doing missionary work. And then you have like a half hour lunch break. You have an hour of studying with your companion. We call our partners our companions. And then you have an hour of dinner at like 5 o'clock. And then you just work and a lot of it is service a lot of it was community service like going to soup mm-hmm. kitchens and stuff and helping out there or going to different humanitarian efforts and helping them out that's um, what i always tell like clients when they ask about it like mm-hmm. i'm like oh yeah my brother was on a mission they go oh, what's like more missions and tell them like it's it's like probably like 70 percent of it is like service projects and things like that actually that's what i thought when i was going into it which is weird because i feel like i should have known and it depends on where you're serving and how much you do. And that's a big part of it. But majority is you're teaching people. Okay. So the majority of what I did, I taught people. Especially in my last area. I don't think we really did a lot of service. Because we didn't have time to. Um, we were really busy. But we, we taught a lot of people. So what we teach is... Missionaries teach the very, very basic core principles of what the gospel that we believe in is. So we have five overall lessons that we teach. But the first three are the ones we focus on. It's the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the plan of salvation, and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> all that just basically tells people what Latter-day Saints believe overall mm-hmm. and also helps them to come to know Jesus Christ better. That's the main thing of our message, and I don't want to get too into that because I don't want to make this like religious Yeah, but, um, no way out of respect. But, but we taught that every day, and majority of the time you teach the first lesson called the restoration. I taught that absolutely, probably like... <laughs> 20 times more than everything, probably 30 times. I don't even know. I taught that a lot, the restoration. Um, So you get really good at teaching that first lesson, and then the rest of them you have to study a lot more for. Um, Once you've been out for a long time, you can teach the restoration just like that to anyone. But once you get someone that actually really wants to hear your message, because we never force it, we invite people to hear it. And if they decide they want to hear more, then we come back. And if you find those people that want to hear more, it, it takes a little more preparation, a little more studying to actually teach them more about the rest of what we teach. Because if you forget a lot of that when you don't teach it very often, but yeah. um, it's super rewarding. And honestly, a big part of our purpose is to baptize people, to help them, um, as we believe, is to make a promise with God. And that's basically what, what I did out there. And I was able to help quite a few people be baptized. And that was really awesome to see them make a change in their lives. And they felt it was for them. And if they, if someone else decided it wasn't for them, that's fine too. We, you, but you learn how to love everyone because you, you focus on other people all day. Like you do your best not to think about yourself, which is hard when you're selfish like I am. So <laughs> it's, it's hard, but <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. Well, it's very cool. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I don't, this isn't whatever you believe in guys. This is just kind of. 
just an experience. Specifically yeah. Adam's thing, and that's cool, and it's cool to learn about people, so. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a question, because I've always wondered. Yeah. Like, what qualifies, like, places that... Oh, real quick, one last thing. Yes. You have to be in by 9, unless you're teaching someone by 9.30, and you're in bed by 10.30. I was not perfect at that. I wouldn't get back <laughs> 10.30 all the time. But I'd get up at 6.30 every day. And sometimes I didn't do perfect at that either, but the majority pretty much... Three fourths of my mission, I was up at six thirty every single day. I called him like, oh, thank you, like <laughs> two nights ago to ask him about going on Postmates runs with me so that I could show him how, yeah. how it works. And he's like, it's like eleven o'clock, Noel. I'm like, <laughs> wait, because normally I'll call Matthew at the time. He's like, what's up? Yeah, and then you and me were up till like three a.m. that night. Oh yeah. gosh, um, the latest I've seen up so far since I've been home is one. But like, what qualifies like different countries and cities like or disqualifies them? I guess like from sending missionaries in because i have to imagine there's certain places that they can't send you china you can't there's no missionaries there except for hong kong because of their government uh-huh so we we believe that uh to honor and to honor your government and um to obey and honor the law of wherever you live and if some laws pre- permit what's the word if some laws don't allow prevent you from prevent, yeah. believing like religious things then we, we don't send missionaries there because yeah. that would be, honestly, that'd be like just slapping them in the face. Yeah. And we can't send them there. So there's China right now, but I think they're going to open to missionary work pretty soon. And then there's um, Russia. Missionaries are there, but they get deported all the time. Yeah, I was going to say, I know, I know like like Russia like is a big one where they, like, yeah, you can send them in, but the chances of them finishing a mission are very low. Yeah. Because they send them out all the time. And even that being said, when you get called to Russia, you're you're not allowed. You're, you're just a, a volunteer completely. Yeah. You're not allowed to do any sort of proselyting. The only way you talk about the church or anything is if people ask ask you. Yeah. So all they do is service unless people ask them stuff, and they're not allowed to wear name tags. Yeah. Because we wear a name tag for the audience they don't know that says your name, and for for guys we go by elder. That's a title in the church. Um, so I was Elder Johnson for two years, and then it says our church name under. And girls go by sister in their last name. Um, in Russia, they're not allowed to do that at all. Yeah. Because if they do that, that's that's them. It's weird because they're allowed to be there, but not for religious reasons. But like Russia kind of knows what their purpose is. It's, it's yeah. kind of confusing. It's, and I imagine places like in, in times of like active war zones. Yeah, like, like uh, a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in Mexico very recently. Yeah. And a lot of uh, one of my one of the elders in my zone zone is a group of missionaries. Um, his friend got. She got, because of what was going on, she got reassigned to our mission, actually. She's mm-hmm. here right now. She'll be going home in a few months. But she was in Mexico because of some of the stuff that was going on there. And then there's been whole missions closed because of some of the stuff going on, like, what's that place called? There's a place in, like, Southern America that was having a lot of war and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they closed, they took every missionary out of there. Yeah. Or natural disasters, like uh, Puerto Rico and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Spain and stuff. If stuff happens there, they get, they get um, reassigned taken out of there really quick i'm like i guess like one that i've always wondered about is like obviously like i don't know if you really know the extent of the conflict that we had with them but like when last year or so when we had like a huge like almost like second cold war with with cold with north korea like when we had a really huge conflict with them like i had friends who were like oh well like do they pull missionaries out of like south korea then because obviously they can't send them to north korea because their borders are incredibly Mm -hmm. closed it's hard to even go there as an american tourist or a tourist from anywhere but Mm -hmm. like south korea like i don't even know if i imagine they do because they they seem 
pretty friendly with the U.S., but, like, one of my friends, or several of my friends were just like, do they pull them out of South Korea? Because that's such, like, an, like, a, there's a big conflict between us and them there, and then South Korea, of course, is in that conflict with us and them. They probably would. Um, we have, we also have a lot of rules we live by as missionaries, like, a lot. They're all in this little white handbook. We mm-hmm. call it the white handbook. <laughs> Um, and it's just this, it's like 81 pages of different rules. The only reason they're there is because a lot of them are, most of them are safety things because a lot of missionaries have done stupid things in the past that caused them to put the rule in there. Like we weren't allowed to just back our cars up. We'd have some back it up for us. And like we'd back yeah. up and they stand behind us because like missionaries always crash into people. Backing the f- up. first day I came, well, Adam came home, he was backing my car out for me everywhere. Yeah, it was weird. He was like. Like I was backing into, <laughs> I was backing into a spot in front of Matthew's house and I just see Adam behind me just. Because <laughs> I got into such a habit of it. but uh, He shook my hand yesterday, like, when I let him out of the car. <laughs> that being said, about the, the rules, part of the rules, um, one of the, the sections about, like, safety and, like, I, I guess, um, cultural things, it says not to go anywhere or to avoid places that have anti-American feelings. Yeah. So if for some reason North Korea had those feelings and South Korea kind of had the same feelings. They started to they, lead you into there, yeah. They well, like, out. obviously, because North, North Korea is, like, obviously, if there's problems there. But to put it in perspective, like, the reason that I think they asked is because, like, the conflict between all of us, like, between our countries got so bad that they were flying test missiles over Japan, which is a big, like, no-no, and it's a big, like, very, like, trying to assert their their nuclear power kind of thing. And, like, one of my friends was like, well, will they, would they pull missionaries out of, like, Japan and out of out of South Korea for that. And I honestly never knew the answer. I was like, well, I don't know because they're not in an active war zone and they're not in conflict with so us. So would the, would the war zone, would, would it have been here if it did happen? Or like, where would they have fought if that makes, I don't really understand a lot Well, of that. that was more of like, do you know what, do you know what the Cold War was? Do you know what Cold War means precisely? So basically the Cold War was when we were at, we were in a, we were in a war, war with Russia, but there was no, like active war zone we weren't engaging in combat but we were building each country was building up its nuclear arms and the the reason that that we never engaged in nuclear combat of course is because of mutually assured destruction yeah and that we were in it didn't seem like it was the same level like like the cold war was really serious and lasted forever but it was like a it was reminiscent of that Mm -hmm. and like it was of course very it was a scary time to be here and of course like I didn't know if you really knew much about it because you couldn't really watch the news about and stuff the Korean like that. stuff. Yeah, I, I heard, all I remember is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that they they sound like a, a was it like everything like settled down and sound like a peace treaty or whatever. Yes, actually, yeah. that's a huge thing. That's all I knew about, and then I was like, wait, like that's really cool. And that's all. It I, is. I thought that's all that happened. That's I was like, no, oh, but so. but it was it was a really it was a huge tension as the word like for. There was yeah. a lot of tension between us and them yeah, for a I, long time. When a lot of that was going on, we didn't have our smartphones yet, and uh, luckily the members didn't tell me a lot of that because it would have caused me to have a lot of anxiety. Me, I Honestly, was I was a mess. The thing about a mission is you don't have time to like focus on the news. Cause no, especially yeah. when you don't have a smartphone at the time when we didn't. Because you're doing so much other stuff that I like, I was so naive to stuff that was going on. Like people would be like, "Hey, this happened," and I was like, "Whoa, like what yeah. the heck?" That's but no, and now. and that's just like I knew like the I knew how to answer like, "Oh, would they send them to like Russian places like that?" Like I knew like anywhere that has anti-American feelings or strict laws on on religion, I knew how to answer that. But that was one of the only ones I didn't know because it was one of those things where it was like, "Well, they're not in." 
like, South Korea is not in a war zone, and they're not in an active time of war, and they're not... We don't have tensions with them directly, so I don't know how that would work. Well, I would think that any... Anywhere where they would think for any reason that they would be at risk of getting hurt or in any kind of situation like that, they would pull them. Yeah. If they yeah. thought that it was, like, imminent danger. If that, that goes even, like, into areas alone emissions. Like well, yeah, I know, like, I know... I had friends, like, ask me... I don't know if you ever heard about the Charlottesville rallies in, rallies, rallies in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, a lot of my friends were like, well, they pull missionaries out of there. And I'm like, honestly, I have to imagine they would. They would, yeah. Like, um... Unfortunately, the world we live in today, especially like in countries or whatever, but even in areas, sister missionaries are in danger a lot of the time. Or yeah. Like they have a lot more threat, which I makes me so mad. Because yeah. sometimes like they were doing such great work and then they have to go because some some creepy dude is creeping on them. Like yeah. elders, it never happens when it does. Like it's kind of lame. Whenever it does, they're just like, well, elders, it'll get you get over it. But um, sometimes sisters have some stuff happen like uh, one of the sister missionaries in my mission um this was just one thing and they didn't take sisters out of the area necessarily but they took these two out this guy that they were teaching i guess he was a member before long story short he faked his death and days afterwards called them up he's like hey and then they like freaked them out and he was like stalking them and they had to get transferred out of there that next time and then they put new sisters in there and he could care less about those new sisters so that's he stopped. insane yeah i don't know the, i mean i remember hearing the full story but it was whack. Like, yeah. how that happened. And that stuff happens all the time. But it goes, like, even, like, that threat of danger, they get taken out. Yeah. Or, uh, if I'd ever gotten into, like, some sort of brawl or something with someone, and there was a, th- a threat towards me, I'd get taken out of somewhere. Luckily, that didn't happen. So, that was that was good. I almost got into a fight with a guy, like, a few times. I think you one, told me about that story. One time specifically, but that was not a proud moment for Elder Johnson at the time. <laughs> it was not a proud moment. It's okay. Uh, your temperament has evened out quite a bit since you... It's been good. It's like, been nice. to put it in perspective, there was a point where, like, right before Adam went on his mission, the Halloween before... Oh, my gosh. Um, Please don't tell the story. I'm going to tell the story, because I have to I tell... I literally remember, because I saw the one the other day, and I'm like, oh, and all the guilt rushed through me like so, a ton of pounds. there was a... He was Harry Potter, and there was this Harry Potter wand that he bought from Barnes & Noble, and it was in the door of the car, like, on the little, like the ledge where you would rest your arm and I opened it and it fell on the ground and it didn't break right it's so, so the light went off for a bit and this is where I was talking about like a lot of humbling things yeah I me who I am was like <laughs> just 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 let it happen like it's like it's, it's whatever it was an accident but who I who whoever the heck was taking me over at that time because not that I was possessed or anything but I was just <laughs> like super Unsure like of the, everything. Yeah. I got mad at everything and I just let it go. I didn't let that voice telling me to not do those things. I didn't yeah. let that take control. So I freaked out. Yeah. And so it didn't break. It just like, it turned off for a bit and it broke for a few seconds and I guess something disconnected and I shook it up and then it was fine. Yeah. And then it was fine. But he got so mad at me and we were going to a dance at the church and he just got into his car and left. I was and trying to go to Barnes & Noble to buy a new one, but yeah. Barnes & Noble had like, was going to close in like 10 minutes and yeah. it's like a 20 minute drive. And so... Fast forward to the day he comes home, and he had a ukulele, and, and Matthew... this right here was far more, like, hurt me, like, because that hurt yeah. me at the core, because I was like, like this ukulele, sh- like, this, I, I got a gift from an elder. Yeah. He drew a, on a ukulele for me, and, like, some tribal stuff. He's a, a Tongan guy. Elder Fotu, love him to death. But anyway, um, he, uh, he drew on that for me, and, and he gave it to me as a gift, and I learned how to play ukulele on that thing, and I love that, that, and I, I had it in the car with Matthew, and we were playing it. 
and, and my first day back, and I'm just playing the thing. I'm like, I love my ukulele. And it's, it's it's a pretty cheap ukulele, but it was nice. And it's, then Matthew dropped it. And, and Matthew, <laughs> he, he was passing it to me, and he, I guess, overcorrected or something, and somehow... He I don't let know it exactly go, happened, but he let go of it before I grabbed way it. Way before Adam could grab it, and Adam was just like, "Oh, it's cool, it's cool, it's all right." And it like, and it, it like wasn't flew. even like, it wasn't even that like stressed, like, "Oh no, cool, 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 cool." That you do when yeah. anything bad happens, he's like, "Oh no, it's cool, it's all right." And he's like, "Oh, I gotta learn to restring this thing. Hope I can restring it. Could you restring it?" Uh, Preston's gonna help me. So, Excellent. So what happened? It like flew across the <laughs> driveway, and then the bottom of it cracked. Oh, I didn't know. And that then part. the string popped off, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man!" And like, and then the weird thing was like, for a second, I was like. I have a choice. I could blow up at him, <laughs> or I could be calm. And I'm like, obviously be calm. Like I've had stuff, worse stuff happen lately. Yeah, this is fine. And I was like, dude, don't worry. About it. And like I could tell who Matthew I used to be. Matthew really? Matthew was like, you could see the fear in Matthew. He, he was ready. For, he like, was ready for he's me. He's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> he was ready for Adam. He was. But he got Elder Johnson. Um, and then I saw my name tag on him. My favorite thing in the world since Adam has come home. My favorite thing Adam has said to anyone yet. We were sitting in the living room of their current house that Adam and Matthew live in. And I don't remember the conversation exactly, but he's just like, yeah, no, I just like, I told myself I wasn't going to be weird to Matthew anymore. But like, I came home and within the first day I was like, I'm not going to be weird to him anymore. Like, it's going to be totally fine. We're going to be weird, like totally normal. I'm going to be normal. And within two days, he like told me, he's like, yeah, within two days I looked at him and I was like, I just want to... Punch him in the face so bad. I want to harm you. I just wanted to harm him. He just wants to harm him. Like I, I used to like hit Matthew or just like shake his face. Or, just like, shake his face. Just like, like I, or I used to just say stupid stuff to him, and I was like, "No, me and Matthew are gonna be normal. We're both no, adults now. We're both in our twenties. We're gonna be normal." Within two days, I'm like, I just want to punch that kid in the face so bad. <laughs> and I don't actually ever hit him, but I just want to like. It's because uh, he's got that like like brown, round, like, cute little face. Face, you're face, face. like, oh, I just want to like just. Squeeze it. you. No, and his but it was. reactions to what I do is. It's so uh, funny because, like, Matthew will literally never stop being weird. He'll, he will go up behind Adam, and this is a current thing he still does and a thing he used to do. He'll go up behind Adam and just go, hey, Doug. Yeah, in his ear. Or the weirdest they call else. each other Doug. I don't know where that started. I don't know why it keeps happening. Yeah. But they call each other Doug. And he'll just refer to Adam as his Doug. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, my. When Adam was still on mission, he'd be like, my Doug comes home soon. And I'm like, Yep, and then everyone kind of became Doug for a bit, but then he'd tell him, he's like, but remember, Adam's OG Doug. Adam is OG Doug. And that's another story for another time, why I'm called Doug, but that's my name. Yeah. Uh, literally, he calls me Doug all the time still. I don't, I'm, and it's not like, uh, it's literally D-O-U-G, Doug. Doug, like Doug, And this Doug, is my favorite yeah. thing Matthew ever does. Don't high-five me or anything. Okay. Like, sometimes he'll be like, what's that, man? He does. And he then, just and then, I, and then just... I, I'll just sit there, because I'm like, I don't want to high-five you. And just go... <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it on my arm or something. Like, or I'll do it like, on my leg and I'm like... Hey, I know it's not a visual uh, podcast currently. Uh, maybe we'll set that up one day. But what he was doing is Matthew will just do the dumbest face and just hold like his hand at like medium high level not even trying to high five you. Like when you're doing a low five but you're like still in the middle kind of thing and he'll just... And then, and then he'll just hit you if like, you don't high five him like he's like like a slide hand kind of high five and then knuckles yes but he expect like and if you don't do it after like two or three seconds he won't wait for you he'll just like he, <laughs> if you don't do it he doesn't like wait for you to, to come and do it or whatever he just does it on like your leg or something yeah that's or, like exactly on like my face right. like, like what's that and he'll just like go on my face and like get out of here Matthew's <laughs> really weird as I'm sure you guys know he's um, crazy no man. like I guess should have like a sibling podcast one day oh, no. yes just all three that'd of be you. a nightmare be a mess. you you just be there in the corner like what the hell? 
I mean, like, maybe if I'm out of town, because I'm going to be out of town. So. You will be soon, and I'll have to do a solo cast or a sibling cast. Because I won't cast. be back till like, Thursday or Friday. I'm still eating these Hershey's um, kisses. So, I asked you, okay, so back when... Really quick. Yes. I think we're going to take a little break. <gasps> yes, um, we would like to take a quick break from this, and we'll get back to you in just a moment. So you guys can hear a word from our sponsor. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're back. Excellent. We will come back. Um, so Adam, you told me a story once. Uh. Um, when we pardon me, everyone. When we, when Adam was still on his mission, the only times we got to talk to him face to face that weren't on an email um, was on Mother's Day and on Christmas. And last Christmas we skyped you, and I asked you tell me a funny story from your mission. Do you remember what story that was? No. Um, you told me like. I asked you to tell me a funny story from your mission, and I was like, I don't have a really funny story, but if we go into the projects sometimes, we'll go into the projects, and there'll just be weaves everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of funny stories now, but... Tell me. Tell me the <laughs> so, things. There's... I don't know if any of y'all have been to the South, but, like... I, I don't know if it's politically correct to say black people. Is that okay? I don't know if that's, like, okay Yes, Adam, that. it's fine. Okay, because some people get freaked out. Anyway, there's a... <laughs> Edit that out. Okay. There's a lot of there's a lot of black people in the South, obviously. A lot of African Americans and <laughs> See, I'm making this so awkward. Okay. You're anyway, making it awkward. I know, I know, I'm making it awkward. So uh but a lot of the obviously most of the girls have like weaves in their hair. They their hair is like too short or too thin or whatever to do anything with it by themselves and some of them grow it out. But a lot of them have weave that they weave in. And the first time I ever saw it, we were just like in these projects. And there was just a piece of it on the ground, and I'm like, oh, okay, that maybe it fell out. Who knows? <laughs> then I saw it like a few weeks later. Same ideas, different projects, weave on the ground, and I'm like, oh, hmm, what is happening? <laughs> and then I put it together after I saw it like the 15th time or so, that there's a lot of fights in the projects, and these girls are like ripping each other's hair out. Yeah. But, like the difference is when you rip, like you, if you all were fighting, you might rip some hair, but like not much out, but they like rip it out because it's... It's not. A, it's like not attached to their scalp. Yeah. I almost like grabbed it there scalp. and I was like, no, that's a bad idea. It's a really so bad idea. Always pieces of weave, and sometimes it's in the middle of the street, and it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of nasty, but it's kind of funny because it's just fitting. That reminds me of like that beach in like I don't remember exactly where it was, where like feet would just wash up on the beach. Did you not hear about that? No. There was this there's this beach, and I want to say it's in California, and like for the longest time in like the early two thousands. Feet would just feet inside of tennis shoes. Like they were always running shoes and they were always the left foot and only the left foot. And feet would just wash up on the beach. Wait, that relates like to Like actual feet? feet? Well, that's not what it makes me think of because it's like, yeah, like actual real people feet. Like feet that were attached just... to people at some point, but now they're not. <laughs> so, so why is it always, why is it so specific the left foot with a tennis shoe? I don't shoe know, and... but it was always the left foot with a tennis shoe. Maybe this shark really liked left footed Like only liked right shoes. feet? I don't know. Yeah, people thought it was, like, a serial killer or something. Um, And then I think at some point they were like, yeah, we don't think that any of these are related. And it's like, what? (laughs) What? They're just, wait. Wait. That's wacky. Look at Banks. Look at her. She looks, okay. So when I was at Christmas, (laughs) yeah, she's so dumb. When I was at Christmas um, up at my in-law's house, they, uh, they have a dog, Trixie. And she is very chubby. She's a chubby, thick girl. She's a, uh. What's the word? She's a Dalmatian mix. And she just, like, was, like, tri- my brother-in-law does this thing, and they call them Tootsie Rolls, and he'll be like, Tootsie, give me a Tootsie Roll, and she'll roll on her back, and she has this, like, ball toy, 
And she had it in her mouth and she was laying on her back with all her paws up like Bing says right now. And my father-in-law just looked at her and was like, she looks like a suckling pig. <laughs> and I started laughing so hard and DJ's like, yeah, that's exactly what she looks like. And I just hear my mother-in-law very quietly just, Trixie, don't let them talk to you like that. Don't let them, <laughs> don't let them bully you, Trix. You're beautiful. Like <laughs> yeah, that is exactly grandma. I would walk up to Romeo and be like, what's up, you fat lard? She's like... Romeo, don't let them talk to you like that. You you claw her, Romeo. That's what DJ That's does. That's literally what DJ does. <laughs> he just, just like I'll tell Romeo that he's fat cuz he's fat and DJ will be like he's, he's fat. My, and he'll be like he's my boy and he'll be like you can claw her whenever you want, Romeo. But then he'll also call Banks a slut. He just calls her a slut. <laughs> like the cat. <laughs> She's a cat. <laughs> Probably. You sleep. Look at her back feet. They're she's all like, so, like they're like she's just she's laying on her back and her stupid little back feet. Her, Adam, you've disturbed her. <laughs> she's oh, like, hello. I love her so much. Same. I can only touch your paw. That's it. That's all you get. Adam came back from the south and he uh, brought with him an allergy to cats. Apparently, yeah, it's not something I love because cats are great. And, and my uh, my best friend Carolyn like didn't she develop an allergy to something? She became lactose intolerant. Yes, I remember. After going on like hardcore um, antibiotics for being bitten by something at work. I don't want that at all. And now her new job, at least I think she got it. I don't know if she did or not. Um, She won't have that problem anymore. Or at least we better hope not because she's working for the state. And if something bites her. If something bites her. It better be a mosquito. It better not be a human being. Yeah. Uh, When you turned away from Bink, she reached for you. And honestly, it broke my heart. She love you. Binks, like, loved oh Adam God. before he left. And I didn't expect any differently. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, she's gonna... He's... Uh, yeah, she has claws. She does those. Um, so, more funny stories. Yeah, tell us more things. This is the Adam show or, today. Or humbling do... experiences or, mm. or whatever. Whatever you feel you want to share. All right, the first time I realized my anger can't take the best of me was... This is my favorite story. You told me this at, on Thanksgiving. Was this one about the guy at the door? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was only out for two months, I think, and I was with my trainer, Jamaican Lewis. Shout out to him, Chris Andrew, Mark Lewis. And then uh, um, we were tracting. Tracting is where you knock on doors and you give out like media or whatever. You try to teach people and um, you ask if you can go into their house if they're interested. That's probably where we get the most rejection, which once you've been rejected enough, it doesn't even matter. It's yeah. not sad at all. But by this point, I was still pretty, like, adamant about doing it. And I, we got out of the car. It was after a meeting. We have these zone conferences. And I was like, oh, Lewis, I hate tracking. I'm like, it's not productive. It, people yell at us. I just hate it. And he's like, dude, it's not that bad. He's like, just knock a few doors and let's just see what happens. And I'm like, no, I, I guarantee we're going to get yelled at. This guy right here is going to yell at us. And because my mindset was like that, even if he had yelled at us, but my mindset was different. I might have been like, oh, it's okay, whatever, we'll move on to the next people. But I knew he was going to yell at us, and we knock on his door, and he's got this clear glass door, so just like a big glass pane door. Um, but his screen door was glass, and you could see through it. And he had this Budweiser sign right there, and he was in his kitchen in his dining room area eating food, I guess. So knock on the door, and he comes to the door, and he's like, he drank a little bit. Um, and he's like, gentlemen, how can I help you? We're like, hey, we're the missionaries from the church. Blah, blah, blah. We're like, we want to share a message. And he's like, you know, I pay a lot to have, to have this house. He's like, I pay a lot. I work hard all day so I can come home and enjoy my dinner. He's like, and he starts just going off. And he's like, um, <laughs> he started saying some stuff. And he's like, 
I know y'all work hard all day. He's like, well, I do too, and I'm tired. He's like, I'm trying to enjoy my dinner, and y'all are watching me. He's like, and I don't appreciate that at all. And we're like, we couldn't even see you. Like, yeah. you were over there. And then he's like, he's like, so so go ahead and get off my property. And then he just started walking away because of who I was and my reaction. I just like, I was like, mm, this guy. And I'm like, you know, it'd help if you put some blinds on your door or something. Because oh, he had no. nothing on his door. It was just, you could see through. And, it, and his other door was open. Like, it would help if you put some blinds on your door and... Right away, Elder Lewis looked at me from the corner of my eye. I could see him looking at me, and then the guy comes back out, and I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember he cussed me out a little bit. And he started like getting near me, and Elder Lewis had to like separate us. And he's like, "Hey, we're leaving." And then I remember this guy's just yelling. I'm like, "Sir, sir, sir, have a good day." And then he said something, some f word or something. Nasty. He's like, "Something nasty." He's like, "Now get!" And then he slammed his door. And then I'm like, "Elder Lewis, this is why I hate tracting." But then <laughs> I realized, because um, he got pretty close, like, and he was like in his 40s or 50s and he probably could have taken me easily nice. honestly <laughs> when i when i and then after we tracked we knocked a few more doors i just wasn't in the mood to talk to people that night i was thinking about it and i'm like that could have been really bad like i could have got sent home if we got into a fight and if i hit him back i could have gotten sent home for something like that and i'm like that's i can't let that keep happening and i'm like this has been my whole life even whenever i became less angry in public or like to church friends or school friends at home and to the people i love the most i was still the same i never changed and I'm like, it's time to let this go. Like, I need to stop being so angry about stupid things. And my mission president, he's the leader of the missionaries there. He he told me the same thing. He's like, you can't do that. He's like, you can't say a thing. If someone is rude to you, you shut up. You you shut your mouth and you keep going. And I'm like, okay. He's like, all you can do is be nice. And he's like, and if, because sometimes people, I would try to be nice. And then they think I was mocking them or whatever. And then he says, after that, cut it off, go. Because sometimes I'd be like, hey, we're, we're really sorry. Appreciate you letting us come in. They'd be like, don't be sarcastic with me. And then I'd be like. You know, I wasn't being sarcastic, but now I'm going to be. And then they did more <laughs> stuff. So I had to stop doing that altogether. And that was humbling to see that my anger was not my my quick reactions to things. I needed to think things twice through. And that's why when Matthew dropped my ukulele, I thought it through. I'm like, okay, I have two options right now. And I'm going to choose the better option because I, I, I want, I, I love my brother. I love my family. And I don't want them to, m- me, who, I don't want some fake me, I guess, to just take over who, what I feel about them. Yeah, so, and your relationship with us, I get that. So that was super humbling to to see that uh, that I, I needed to not be that way anymore. So that was cool. that was really cool. Um, but another humbling experience, if you want to hear one more, and there's yeah. there's there's a bunch, there's plenty, but these ones are right from the beginning of my mission, just because I think they, they stick with me. Um, we met this lady, so we were teaching this guy, and we met his girlfriend, and his girlfriend lived farther away. She wasn't actually in our area, and she was living in some projects. And by this point, I mean, I'm sure most of your viewers probably know, like, we, our situation with parental figures and yes. how, how we have to live our lives now. I'm um, just doing our thing at pretty young ages, which is totally fine. You know, we're growing a lot. Yeah. But I, I always, for a long time, even on my mission, I'm like, woe is me. Like, I've dealt with a lot more than a lot of these missionaries, and I met a lot of missionaries who have actually dealt with a lot, too. And I was like, wow, we're, like, in the same boat. But by this point, I didn't really consider that. And I thought we had like the hardest life and I'm like, and I'm doing this great thing. So I'm better than everyone else. And that's just, that's just how I was. And I hate that I was like that, but that's how I was. But then, uh, one day Elder Lewis, there was with Elder Lewis. He was a good trainer. Um, we met the, the lady, we went to her house cause she, she wanted us to come over and we walked in there and it was just her and her two kids. And she had like a four or five year old son, like a one year old daughter. And she was living in the projects and all she had in her whole house was a couch. That's all she wow. had was one couch, and the floor wow. was a mess, and they had no food in the fridge, and all this 
crazy stuff. And she just was, we were just talking to her and we're like, well, we want to teach you about the gospel and anything at that point, even a prayer she said was going to help her because she just needed God in her mind. But just to see, and the thing is about Alabama is that it, it takes a lot for you to be considered neglecting your child before CPS will step in. Even if you're reaching out to some sort of service, they won't yeah. step in unless it's severe. Yeah. And this was severe enough, I thought, but I guess CPS didn't agree or, or social services didn't agree. and They weren't helping this poor woman. Her yeah. boyfriend was, we taught him, but he he was flaky and he didn't really provide at all for her. And one of them was his kid, was his daughter. So we were just sitting there with her and we couldn't sit down because there's one couch. But then her kids are just like, her son was just yelling and messing with her daughter and she ran out of diapers. She couldn't change their diapers. And she just sat there and she just like broke down and we're like, holy crap. I'm like, you live here. Like, this is a bad neighborhood. Like there's stuff going on around the block. There's bad mm -hmm. stuff going on. And she lives in this neighborhood and she can't get out because there's no better option. It's section eight yeah. housing. It's, it's free right for her right now. Yeah. And she can't find a job and she's trying her best and she just broke down and I was like, Holy crap, like this is sad. And, we, and the worst part was that we couldn't do a thing mm -hmm. because she wasn't in our area to begin with. We don't have money. Missionaries yeah. only make enough to pay for groceries, and that's yeah. money that we spend ourselves. So we, people think we just give out money because we wear white shirts and ties all day, but that's not the case. So seeing that and then just walking away, not being able to do anything, and then realizing how much potential I've had to do stuff and control my life based on what's happened to us. I'm like, we're blessed. Like I'm so blessed or I'm so grateful. I never saw that woman again. I have no clue what happened to her. And every day I always wonder, I'm always yeah. like, I really hope she's okay. I hope her kids yeah, got hope. fed that night. I yeah. don't know what happened. We reached out to her and gave her some resources and I don't know what, if she called those people or not, but yeah, that was truthfully humbling. And I was like, like, wow, like, I knew I was going to see some stuff like close to this, but not this bad. Yeah. There were bugs all over the floor and it was just, um, it was just like a sad thing to see, but it, it in a weird way it makes you grateful for what you do have. Yeah. Um, on a lighter storytelling. Yeah. Um. So there's a picture that you sent everyone that was like from a year ago, I think, and you're holding a bunch of birds. Oh yeah. What is that from? Because I don't think I read the email like completely, and if I did, I completely forgot what it was from. It was my cover photo on Facebook for a little while. It's really? Yeah. <laughs> it was Birmingham Zoo. Uh, it was my second time there. But the second time around, the first time around it was raining really bad. This is like a boo. A boo. <laughs> the zoo in central Birmingham. Called the Birmingham boo Zoo. Boo in central Birmingham. And the first time, like I said, it was raining. So my second time, we actually got to do more. And there was way more animals because it was in a better time of year. Yeah. And it was a few months later. Um... And there was this exhibit of birds, and they were, I forgot what kind of birds they were. They were super colorful, and the shirt I was wearing, like, matched them. I can find perfect. them. Hold up. Yeah, you were wearing a Space Jam shirt, and I know because yeah. I have the same Space Jam shirt. Yeah, I love that shirt. And I, that was the first, I think that was the first time I really was, besides, like, tracking and stuff, that was the first time I was like, you know, I'm terrified of birds. I'm not going to lie. I think they're macaws. I don't. Let me see. Yeah, they're, like, parrots. Yeah, like. Yeah, they're super colorful. There's. Five birds upon him, and he's feeding them, and one's on his head. He's wearing a Space Jam shirt. Space Jam shirt. It's pretty great. So I was terrified of birds, and a bunch of missionaries went in there, and I was like, you know what? Being afraid of birds is stupid, and I need to get over some of my fears, and I want to try this, so I'm going to try. 
And I went in there with them and I was like so scared because they were flying around. The birds got close to me and I'd freak out. But then the birds would start landing on people. The little cups I was holding was food. And if you have the food, bird will land on you no matter what. Yeah. Um, but some people had birds landing on them randomly. But then I saw it and then one someone passed me one of the birds on my finger and I freaked out at first. But then it like I adjusted to it and I was like, this isn't bad. This is kind of fun. So I went and bought two cups of food and brought them out. And then all these birds came on me and at first it scared me. And there was one on my shoulder, and it kept licking my neck. It, like, <laughs> it and loved. It, and it, like, tickled me so much, and I was like, this is awful. But <laughs> then as the I worst. adjusted more, one landed on my head, and I freaked out, and then I was fine. And then I just <laughs> sat there to adjust more. I'm like, this isn't bad. I'd do it again. And I overcame my fear of birds that are controlled by the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, if a random bird flew in here, I'm still scared of that, because that's terrifying. Okay, so when we went to Salt Lake City to do, like, we went for conference and for Juan to go to his missionary reunion party, mm-hmm. um, at Aunt, Aunt Beth. Beth, sorry, my brain stopped. I was, Anywho, at Aunt Beth and Uncle Dick's, a bird flew into the door. <laughs> and it was, like, the stupidest bird ever, and there was an imprint of the bird on the door, because it hit it so hard. And I was like, what an idiot. What a loser. And it, like, hit the... It hit the... One saw it coming. That was what happened. One saw it coming, and he slammed the, the door shut, and it slammed into the door. And then, like, I watched it slam into the door and fall and then fly away, and I was like, what a moron. What an idiot bird. Um, speaking of fear of birds, so Eric and I went to Tahoe uh, this summer, um, and we Fuck. we had this... We planned this day out, like... Like, the day before, it was kind of in... Technically, I guess it would be kind of impulsive because we planned it out, like, the night before. And we drove to... A lot of the shit we do is impulsive. Yeah, it is. (laughs) We drove to the subway or porta subs up by the house. We got our porta subs. Um, We got drinks. We filled up on gas. And we drove the, like, hour and ten minutes up to Tahoe. Because we went to South Lake. We went to South Lake. We... That's one of the cool things about living where we live is we can just drive to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. Everyone's um, very jealous of that. Yeah. So we just drove to Tahoe and we laid out a blanket and we had like a whole picnic. We had drinks. We brought a cooler. We did like all this. Yeah. And we were like enjoying the beautiful sights of the of the ocean. Of the... I kept calling it the ocean. You did, yeah. Of the of Lake Tahoe. And all of a sudden, we noticed An this army. army. An army of geese. Comes fucking swimming in, and you can see this like just group of them. And you just were like this, was, this black like. It was like it was like in the fucking it was like in the Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. I think it was the second half when you just see Voldemort's army like uh, slowly approaching the castle. That's exactly the same feeling we had. Yeah, it was they bad. were just they were just swimming like they. We were like, we kind of saw them in the distance, and we we're like, oh, they're so far, and then they weren't. And then they were. <laughs> they there. just slowly they were on the they beach. They slowly ascended. Just, just not not attacking people, but like going up people. to people. Like, they were very. They got so close yes, to me, and I was did. so scared. I kept throwing Cheetos. Erica, I thought was gonna pee. I was. I was gonna fucking. I was gonna lose my mind. Um, I was gonna run back to the car. And we be like, and no, then when they left, because they did leave at one point. Um, we got into, we got into the water. Yeah. Um, and then I looked over, cause we could see our little, our little picnic site from the water. We were right on the shore. Um, these stupid geese were just like coming up to our stuff and they're like, hmm. They wanted our sandwiches. Sandwich. Does, do geese eat other birds? Cause there's turkey on them sandwiches and we, I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't have them eat it because we could have caused it, caused it an, an incident. Yeah. It's like, hmm, of- I now have a, th- <laughs> My tummy is, has the rumblies that only, only my brethren can satisfy. Yeah, basically. 
No, they were fucking. They were they were brave because they were used to people. So yeah, they, they were really used right to people. Up to your fucking face. And be but like, they hey. were also like used to. I feel like they were used to people enough that like they wouldn't attack because these little kids kept chasing them off and messing yeah. with them, and they would just run. And they were like, ah. But I hated it. I hate them so much. I got chased by a geese. By a geese. One. I got one chased goose. by a goose when I was like three years old because I had bread for the ducks at that park that's right down there. Deer Park. Um. Tegley's Paradise Park? Yes. And I wouldn't, like, this goose approached me. <laughs> I like that makes, wording. Makes it sound like he had, like, a deal or something for you. Like, you want to buy some quack? He was a missionary. No. Oh so God. this goose. Elder Quacken. <laughs> approaches me, and my stupid three-year-old brain was like, this is for the ducks, not for you. <laughs> And I got really defensive of this piece of bread. And I was like, I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> and so it fucking chased me. And I was screaming. I was in a little dress with those little, like, uh, lacy socks and little <gasps> shoes. Yes! And I was like, I was three years old and I was running and just screaming. <laughs> and my dad was like, I can't chase after her. So, like, my mom had to chase me and get me. And then I got bit on the foot by a goose, and it just traumatized me for the rest of Adam, my did, life. Did I can't. You, do I used it. to get chased by goose. Didn't all you time. have a goose-related incident? Like, yeah, a goose. They'd always incident. chase me. Yeah. Then one day I started chasing them, and then I overcame my fear. But the reason I was scared of birds is because I'm not going to tell you the whole stories, but twice, twice, birds flew into our window at the said apartment. I told mom one time I was like, "Mom, please don't leave. There's going to be a bird flying in." She's like, "What are you talking about? I'm like, the bird's going to fly through that window." She's like, "No, it's not." And I'm like. Mommy, it's gonna happen. Mommy. And then he, she Mommy. left, and it was whoever the heck was babysitting me. And a bird flew through the window. <laughs> I don't know how I knew it was gonna happen, but it did, and I freaked out. And then the, that bird got like hurt, and the vet came and like fixed it up and took it away. And then another time, same apartment, same situation. My mom, a bird's gonna fly through this window again, different window. And she's like, Adam, stop, calm down. I'm just gonna be gone for a bit. Bird flew through the window again. So that's why I was scared of birds. And then I did my bird thing. But while I was in Tuscaloosa months later, I just remembered. Me and other fosters, one of my companions, we leave our door open on Sunday mornings just because it was like nice air when we were getting ready for church. And this bird started flying through our apartment all the time. It'd fly in and fly right back out. I had videos of it and I would scream because I was so scared. And I forgot all about that. But I would like record it and I was still scared of birds. So birds that aren't in zoos. Um, I don't like them. Adam is um, traditionally afraid of anything that flies though. Because Adam, are you still, are you still afraid of? I don't know. Adam was really afraid of butterflies as a kid. I've seen some. I've seen some. I saw some in uh, Birmingham. I don't I think the last time I saw some was in Tupelo. And I don't remember because they didn't get close enough for me to do anything. One time a butterfly flew too close to Adam's face while he was in the, the, the driveway of our old house. And in 10 seconds flat, he was at the, like, we <laughs> lived on a street that slightly sloped as kids. And it would, like, there was a slight slope up and then there was a park. And then it would take you at least, like, four minutes to walk from our house to the park. And the park was right across the street. And so I would say it would take, like, three and a half minutes to walk walk from our house to the end of the street. (laughs) And this butterfly, I was like, oh, how pretty. And it was like, it was, what are are the yellow ones? Are they monarchs or are monarchs? 
more intricate. Monarchs are the orange and black dots ones. I think it was a monarch then. Um, but this like beautiful monarch butterfly flies too close to Adam. And I was like, oh, what a pretty butterfly. And before I could even finish, I turned around and Adam's at the top of the street. <laughs> like he was gone. He took <laughs> off so fast. He's just like not. Nah. I also brought a gecko into our house one day and he was very upset. He was like, I don't like it. I don't want it near me. Because our uh, my ex friend had a gecko and it was really cute. I don't remember his name, but it was a cute gecko. And Adam was upset. And he's like, "Please get that lizard out of my home." I had a bird for a while, and he would bite people. <laughs> Chirpy, do you remember him? I don't remember Chirpy. Well, you must have come over when he existed. Because I mean, he died. I know, but the ago. way you said that was it was like you you like eliminated him. From like 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 a, like Infinity <laughs> no, War style. It, it had to have, no. You had to have come over when he was when he was there. Yeah. He was at the Devere house. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. But he would bite people, except for my grandma. And the only person that was really sad when Jerry died was my grandma. One. Uh. His sister has a bird, and he hates that bird more. Than I hate hates, that bird. He hates that bird more than he hates anything in the world. <laughs> that bird's weird. I've never met it. We should have one on. <gasps> yes. We should. Um, so for Christmas, I got Juan a uh, a 12-pack pack of, of Dr. A Dr. Pepper. Pepper, and I taped a Chick-fil-A gift card to the bottom of it, and I was hoping that he would open it right side up, and it literally flipped, like, to the correct side as he was opening it. I was so mad. I was like, that's stupid. <laughs> well, it looks like we've got a tired boy. I'm dying for some reason. Um... Yeah, I think we'll call it. Yeah, I think it's uh, been a good episode. It's fun to learn, fun it's to hear about fun. your experiences. Any yeah. other, any last, anything? Oh, yeah, we have, like, a whole exit outro thing. Oh. So, yeah, but uh, thank you guys all so much for listening, and thank you for meeting my brother. Brother, yeah. say goodbye. One, the one. South will rise. I love it there. Just kidding. I, oh, my <laughs> that's God. That's just what everyone says there, literally. Everyone's like, the South will rise. You're walking Jesus. Down the street, you start talking to people and start talking about wars and stuff. But yeah, the South gonna rise. And I'm like, <laughs> Let's just leave the peace that we have. But Roll Tide, that I do mean. Um, Alabama is playing in the national championship. And there's a lot of other Southern things, but you can learn that if you go there for yourself. Excellent. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was a good episode. It was. Uh, Erica, where can the people find you? Oh, fuck. I don't know. Um... <laughs> Under an espresso machine asleep. Um, <laughs> on Facebook as Erica Galloway. On Twitter as Erica underscore Galloway. <laughs> on Instagram as Road of the Dead. And on Twitter or Tumblr as... It's kind of a... It's kind dash of dash a dash story. Funny. Oh yeah. Fun, whatever. Dash story. There's dashes. Um, uh, Adam, where can the people find you? Um, this is where you get to plug your social media. I was media. about to see my address. I don't want you to <laughs> Don't come um, to his house, please. On Facebook, Adam Johnson. Good luck finding me. Put Sparks Nevada in there. It'll be a better chance of you finding me. Uh, oh, now they know where we live. Um, on, That's okay. No, we're, we're, okay, we're good, now, good. Yeah. On uh, Instagram, at superadam64, all lowercase. That name is courtesy of Noel and Super Mario 64 since I was like 12. Yeah. And that's all the social media I really have, so. Um, you can find me... On Instagram and Twitter at Hero Turn Human, you can find me on Tumblr at Heartset West, and you can find me at your closest local doctor's office trying to figure out what's going on with my tongue. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, we hope you all are having a wonderful new week of this year. Yeah. New year week. New one year year week year. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to take Noel to the hospital. Um. Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Um. So thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, get weird. Get weird. Get Sorry, weird. I ruined that.